for the last two or three days, or in fact, for the last two or three weeks, I've been making contacts with young people who are uh, being upset by certain theories and certain uh, statements and certain propaganda that's going around all the country. And these young folks that I've met have, uh, have, who have been disturbed are good folks. They're, they're not bad folks. They're good folks. They're conscientious, honest, sincere people. Now, I think that I owe it to the students in Bob Jones University and the friends that listen in over the air out of my wide experience over many years to try to simplify some things that are not simple in the minds of most people. And today and tomorrow and probably once next week, I'm going to deal with certain fundamental things that I've dealt with before, but approach them in a little different way and try harder than ever to be a little more simple in my presentation. I don't have much patience with these people in this country that clothe their thoughts with words uh, that hide the thought, if there's any thought there. I remember when I was in college, we had a very eloquent oratorical speaker. Wonderful man, very charming. We all boys all liked him because he was so sophomoric in his method. I remember what he said about Niagara Falls one day. He just got back from Niagara Falls, and he said, To me, Niagara is like the reservoirs of eternity, let loose on the bulwarks of eternal omnipotence. It is tempest in sunshine, shivered into diamonds, and ground in the living streams of rushing emeralds with which to baptize the splintered borders of geologic cycles. <laughs> it's all right to talk about Niagara Falls that way, because it's a great spectacle, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can take the wonderful truths and hide those truths, uh, even uh, clothe them with theological robes that, uh, so the truth will never be seen. I remember one time a man was told me about a preacher that was so eloquent and so formal and stylish in his method and so eager to say not too much and say enough but not overstep the bounds. And he's up preaching. He said, uh, my friends, I feel I should tell you it's a very serious proposition. If you don't repent as it were and be converted in a measure, you might go to hell to some extent. We need some more blunt statements in this country and simple statements. You know, these are trying and terrible days which we're living. Uh, people today are emotionally disturbed. Young women are being swept off their feet by uh, sweethearts going to war. And all the emotional disturbance. Uh, the devil is softening up the world for conquest. And the more satanic manifestation of this country than we've ever had in my lifetime. And I think these satanic manifestations are more universal than they've ever been before. Now, I want us folks in Bob Jones University to know the facts. And I think the inclination, uh, trouble with most of us in this country, most of us speakers on the platform here, and most preachers in pulpits, we take it for granted that folks know what they don't know. We get away from the simple fundamentals. Uh, for instance, I want to talk to you tomorrow morning on how we save. You'd say, well, why does that talk belong Bob Jones University? It's important here. It needs to be taught in the pulpits of this country anew, in a fresh, and with a new emphasis, and a new simplicity. I want to talk to you about it. Now, there I want to talk to you a little something about the devil. The devil is the most misunderstood and most misrepresented person in this universe. You know, when Jesus was here, it didn't seem anybody understood him. When he was in this earth, they said everything about him. Uh, they said that uh, Joseph was his father. They said he was a carpenter's son. They saw him walking on the water. They said he was a ghost. 
wasn't real. When he was in the garden, they said he was a gardener. They just said everything about Jesus. He endured such a contradiction, the Bible says, of sinners. One said one thing, somebody else said something else. I remember not long ago, a fellow was in my office, and a young fellow, a nice fellow too, and he was talking to me about what somebody had said about Bob Jones University. Now, he said, in the conversation, the fellow said this, and I noted it. And then he said, the little lady said this, and I said, there are two statements. Well, I said, I'm going to show you those two statements couldn't be so. Now, if he said this, this couldn't be so. If what he said here is so, this couldn't be so. Now, if you stop to think about what people say in the world, about the devil, what they said about Jesus, and what they say about Christian institutions and Christian leaders and all that sort of thing, you know the devil is never logical. Propaganda is, is usually not logical. I'd like to say in passing, and I'm not taking any political sides today, uh, I am tremendously impressed with the logic of the statements that Mr. Taft, Senator Taft makes. I don't say I agree with him every time, but he has the most logical way of presenting a thing. Tell any man I've heard them any a day or read about them any a day. I'm tremendously impressed with how he states his position. We used to have in this school a young fellow, fine fellow, sweet fellow, one of the loveliest boys ever came to this school, one of the most dynamic personalities, one of the most charming and irresistible fellows I ever knew in my life. And I loved him then, I love him still. But sometimes he'd reach wrong conclusions. And somebody asked me why. I said his logical processes are not right. His mental processes, they don't click. They don't tie up together. Now, if you get a few simple fundamentals fixed and fix them for all times and understand them, you'll stay out of trouble. And you'll keep from going off to a tangent like a lot of folks going off in this country. People are being swept off their feet today as probably never before in America. And good people, too. And the reason is they're not fixed on certain essential fundamentals. Now, I've talked to you about the devil time and time again. I'm not going into the subject of his personality today. I'm not going to discuss all the Bible says about him. But I want to tell you one or two little things that I want you to get fixed for all time. We'll read from the third chapter of Genesis. The serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, that's a very nice question. I can see him now. Uh, isn't he subtle? <laughs> oh, uh, do you have very strict rules here? Is it true that they're strict at Bob Jones University? Is that so? Uh, is it true that you have to be six inches from your girl when you have a date? Uh, I've heard, is that true? Now, think of the <laughs> devil saying, uh, is it so? Is it so? I is it possible? Is it true that there's a tree here you can't touch? Why didn't he say, isn't it true that you can eat all the fruit around here except just one tree? Isn't it wonderful? No, he didn't say that. He focused the attention on just one thing. It was a forbidden tree. Now, that is, there's a garden full of trees and all sorts of fruits, every one of them there. He didn't say, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it so lovely to live in a place like this and just think all these trees are yours? You just have all of them except just one tree. Isn't that wonderful? That's constructive. That's God's method. That's not the devil's method. His method is the destructive method, not constructive. Anything in the world that's destructive it comes from the devil. God's constructive. His program's constructive. 
ties together, holds together, binds together in the will of God all the forces. How malicious and mean the devil is. I think I'd have gone through the garden and said, well, what a marvelous place this is. Uh, wouldn't you be looking for the best things I have? If you were God's man, you would. You'd be looking for the good. God's man looks around for the good. Devil's man looks around and says, isn't that bad? <laughs> you can't. Is it true? <laughs> is that so? Wait a minute. Somebody comes on this camp and says, sure is wonderful, isn't it? Lovely buildings. How good God's been to you. Students look happy. Everybody's blessed. Look how they smile. Everybody seems to have a good time. Didn't see anybody smoke around here. Haven't heard anybody swag. Your girls are some other. Say, why hoes? Isn't that nice to... Uh, say, isn't it wonderful not to have any smoking room? I understand you have good programs here. Fine uh, Vespers on Sunday. They tell me to give all this fine arts, how this will cost, music, speech. Everything doesn't cost anything extra. Isn't that lovely for young folks to get there? I, I understand that uh, young men come here and uh, meet lovely Christian girls, and, and uh, many of them go out and years later marry and build homes. And I understand you have a great many students in the mission field. Isn't that marvelous? That's God's approach. Some fella comes here, maybe he's a fundamentalist, dead orthodox, cold, technical, half-slip, or maybe some oddness. So I understand you're pretty strict here. Is it so? Say, you ought to know the devil's method. A woman came to me not long ago and talked to me about uh, her home and her husband. She's thinking about quitting. I said, now, wait a minute, uh, he makes you a living, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a pretty reputable kind of a man, isn't he? Yes. Well, he's kind to you. Oh, yes, he's kind in a way. Well, uh, he certainly does dress you well. <laughs> I said, uh, everybody speaks well of him in town. Did he, go to, he goes to church, I understand. Yes, sir. Yes, but we don't see things alike, see. I could have said, oh, that's too bad to have to live with a woman, man like that. Too bad you got to live with a man that uh, don't see things like his wife sees. That's the devil's way of operating. It's a destructive, always destructive. He never points to the good. He never boasts about it and said, isn't it one? Did you ever stop to think how mean he was? There is one recorded word about one thing he said good about God's garden. Not a good word about it. Flowers everywhere, birds in the treetops, sunshine, everything lovely, and he didn't say one good word. Not a word. He didn't say, uh, uh, you have a lovely bed to sleep in. Out here, clad in climate and clothed in sunshine and what a view of the heavens you have. Not a word. The devil's method is a destructive method. Listen. Anybody that moves into an evangelical institution and begins to criticize something that may not be exactly right, 
but isn't very materially with Israel. Maybe it could be there. But that focuses attention on that, that person is a satanic instrument for destruction. God's method picks the good and binds it together, the will of God, and then looks around and says, say, that doesn't belong in this place, does it? Not in a good place like this. Don't you think we ought to pray it out? Or clean it up or get rid of it. Unite together. That's God's method. Now, what's the devil's method? Listen. What's the devil's method from now on? In church, in government, anywhere you go, he focuses his attention and the attention of the people he wishes to down on something that's destructive, something that destroys. He said, I understand you have a tree around here that you can't eat anybody. Just have to let the fruit alone. Just can't eat it. That's too bad, isn't it? Too bad. With all these good things, too bad. Sunshine and flowers and moonlight. And God, too, who comes to see us every day and walks with us in the garden and walks up and down these paths and we get to talk to God who have such good company. You're not going to turn my back on him. That's what the devil wants to do with you. You will meet that as long as you live on this earth. Now, the thing began to work, as I told you before, with a woman, and she said, that's right. <laughs> We're awfully restricted. There's a tree we can't eat, that fruit. Now, I don't know why, but she doesn't look good to me. But you can't eat it. Can't touch it. Who said you can't touch it? He said you're a liar. She stepped out of bounds. That's destructive. She's caught the devil's spirit already. He said, don't eat it. And she said, don't eat it and don't touch it. She outran it. She's gone. She's become a rebel in her own heart. And the woman said, we may eat of all the fruit in the tree except one. Can't eat that, can't touch it, we die if we do that. <laughs> sure is an awful penalty, isn't it? Think of a person dying for a little thing like that. Why, they shipped a girl from Bob Jones University for just such a little thing. Think of such a penalty for such a mild offense. Watch them whenever they begin to soften the offense. And the more concern in a little penalty than they are a big sin. This isn't any ordinary sin. Such a big penalty. We're going to die if you accidentally touch the tree. Watch out, Adam. You might get struck dead there. Cure is the strictest place I've ever heard of. God will kill you if you touch that tree. Cure is an awful monster, isn't he? So cruel. 
Think of God Almighty damning folks in hell. Well, what did they do? A monster god like that sending folks to hell. Killing them. Killing them. Striking them dead because they eat some fruit. But what did that eat fruit eating mean? Why do men go to hell? What do they go to hell for? Why are they damned? What's the matter with them? They didn't go to hell because they lied. They lied because they were on the way to hell. They didn't go to hell because they stole something. They stole something while they were on their way to hell. They didn't go to hell because they just killed somebody. They killed somebody while they were on their way to hell. They went to hell because they wouldn't go to heaven. That's all. And God Almighty begged them to go to heaven and Jesus crying because they wouldn't go. <laughs> then they blamed God for going. You are smart people, aren't they? Jesus looks and says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I gather thy children together as a chicken gathers a brood under wings, but you wouldn't let me do it. Then with a sob in his heart, Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. Ye will not. Yet they go in hell and say, Isn't God so cruel when he send folks to hell like you know what devil said? Devil said, they've already got in for God. I'll fix them now, right? Said, you won't. You won't die. You know what's troubling you? God's got it in for you. He just got in for you. You know, when he knows when you eat that fruit, you'll be smart like he is. You'll be a little God yourself. And God, the great God, doesn't want any competition. Don't want you to be a little God. He's got in, but he wants to keep you down. Don't want you to be anything. Don't want you to mount anything. And he just restricted you so he can boss you. That's all. You haven't got any. God, I wouldn't have anything to do with a monster like that. You dirty old devil, you. You dirty, slimy old devil. You lying scoundrel. You're a liar from the beginning and the father of every lie anybody ever told. You're a liar. God doesn't want you to be anything. Now, the devil said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make something out of it. Now, you watch me. Now, you go ahead and eat some of that fruit. And you just see what happened. I'll make somebody out of you. You'll be a big man. You'll be a big woman. You've got to develop, you know. Express yourself. And uh, you'll become like a god yourself. You won't have to take orders from anybody. Now, you just go ahead and on your own. Get on your own. Listen. The devil doesn't want you on your own. He wants you on his own. The devil didn't say, now, Eve, let's go to a party tonight and drink cocktails with some of the church people in Greenville. He didn't say, let's set up a smoking room in some school. Let's all have a smoking party. He didn't say, let's go out for a necking party in some wild spot somewhere. He didn't say that. 
he was a little more respectable than some of his followers. He said, I'll tell you what you do. You, you be like God, but here's the way to go. Hey? Listen, listen. You've been slandering the devil. You see an old drunkard that you say, look what the devil did. The devil didn't do that. The devil had rather he hadn't have been there. The man went to the drunkard's ditch instead of becoming like God because the devil couldn't make him like God. A drunkard is one of the devil's failures. The poor soiled dove of the underworld that walks the alleys at night with faded face and sad eye, kicked out by the foot of decency and respectability, is one of the devil's failures. The devil failed with her. He'd have made her a nice woman if she'd have been independent of God, if he could. But he can't deliver. His philosophy won't work. His theories won't uh, stand the test of temptation. He can't deliver the goods. Don't get the wrong idea, the devil. When he fell, he looked like a flash of light. If he walked on this platform this morning, you wouldn't even know him. He'd come up here today and he looked like an angel light. And you wouldn't recognize him. Do you think the devil would ever get anywhere if all the comic pictures you see of him with a fork and hoof and a pitchfork and a crooked tail? That's not his picture. He's telling these folks, make a decent world where man's free and can have his own liberty and be himself. Man by the might of man build it. Don't have God Almighty around. You don't need him. Be your own boss. Be your own God. He's taken over the educational system, much of it in the world. Get an education. What for? I want an education so I can be somebody. You do? That's not a Christian motive. I want an education so I can better serve God. That's Christian. I want an education... So I can make a lot of money and be a big man in town. That isn't Christian. I want an education so I can make money and know how to use it for God. Do good with it. That's Christianity. Say, there's not much of Christianity in the world today. Not much of it in business. Not much of it in government. Not much of it in society, not a great deal in education, and not even much in religion. Preacher, want a job? 
Go to one of our own schools and go with a crowd and get a job. That's not Christian. Christianity is go where you can get the best training, preach the gospel, win most people to Jesus. That's Christian. A lot of things going around this country under the title of Christian isn't Christian at all. Be somebody. Make something out of yourself. Live your own life. Well, you try it. And you'll wind up to a mother of a baby that may be a murderer. Live your own life. All right, try it. And you will sweat to make a living because of thorns. Live your own life. Be yourself. Who's going to tell me what to do? I'm on my own. No man ever was on his own. You're either on God's own or the devil's own. You get on your own, you're on the devil's own. Remember it. Lord, what will thou have me to do? That's what I want, God. What will you have me to do? I won't marry anybody outside of your will. You told me about how to marry. I won't marry anybody outside of your will. And if you do, you'll go through hell on earth. You get outside of his will and move into the realm of the devil's will and then don't blame God when you get it in the neck. When the first baby was born and all the groans and agony of Eve, don't blame anybody, Mother Eve. There was no pain and no cry of agony until you got on the side of the devil. One day somebody came in, Adam, wiped the sweat from his brow. Wife said, dear, you're tired. Well, it's mighty hard to cultivate that land, I John. You never saw as many thorns. Wasn't it nice back in the garden when we used to just go out and cultivate it and everything was wonderful? Well, Adam, don't blame anybody but yourself. You tried to pass the buck to your wife, but you didn't have to do it. Go on, sweat. But thank God you can go to heaven when you die not sweat then. Thank God you've got a way for eternity anyhow. There will be ease in this world. One day I imagine I'd leave sitting home. Heard somebody crying. That sounded like somebody in trouble run out of there. Abel. Cain, don't kill your brother. Don't don't kill your brother. Cain. Well, wait a minute. Too bad, isn't it? That's your baby. That was your boy. You remember the day you stepped out on your own, you thought? 
He did. Didn't know how to count your blessings, did you? Got under the guidance of the devil. He made a mess with you, didn't he? He makes a mess with everybody. I think he'd produce the best world he could today if he could get people in without God. He can't produce and he doesn't want God to produce. He can't do what Jesus Christ can do. And that's the reason he's urged them to put him on a cross. You take the devil if you want it. Sorry I ever had anything to do with it. He's a mean old devil. First time he ever put his foot down on this earth, we left paradise lost. Every graveyard in the world is a little track that he made walking across the world trying to fix it. Every little baby coffin is there because of the devil. He introduced it to the world, sin. Say, you better stay close to Jesus Christ and quit your devil philosophy idea. What is his philosophy? Deny self. Crucify self. Don't do what you're inclined to do unless what you're inclined to do is right. Put yourself on a cross. That's his way. But it sure is a good way. It's the way home to God. Where crosses are laid down. And burdens are forgotten. It's God's way. It's a little rough sometimes. But it's a good way. It leads to a good place. Watch out for the devil. He's after every one of you. If he can't send you to hell, he wants to do what he can to you in this world. Watch out for him. Don't take his philosophy over. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Go God's way. It's the only way. It's safe. Rough sometimes. Hard sometimes. Suffer persecution. I know. But you can see beyond that. Beyond the grave. Devil offers you nothing beyond the grave. It's up to the grave he has something to offer you. And what he offers you up to the grave he can't do. Jesus Christ offers you something. His presence down to the valley of the shadow of death. And through the valley. Down the corridors of eternity. Take the world. Give me Jesus. Oh, Lord, God, help us to mean it when we say it. When we sing it, help us to mean it. Help us to exalt Christ, to be faithful to him, and yield our lives completely to him. And be all out for him. And don't let us make any provisions for the flesh or compromise with the devil. Help us to come clean. Help us to know that God's will is a sweet thing for our lives. It's a blessed thing. Thy will be done in our lives. While we are on this earth, as thy will is done in heaven.
We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.